Ian Horowitz for Equity Warehouse. Today, uh, Monday, March 30th, uh, we're talking about some immediate actions. We are taking inside both of our businesses individually. Uh, we have different businesses. Obviously, my business is a private lending company. Ian's business is uh, primarily focused on rental properties, um, also buying and selling as well, but typically managing rental properties. So both both are in the real estate investing niche, but at the same time, kind of different. And we're going to go through a few action items and immediate action items that we're taking inside of our business. Um, we've been doing a lot of these Facebook lives over the past week or so. If you missed the 16 uh, man, 16 person, I should say, men and women featured speakers that we did, uh, I'll get you a link to that before uh, the end of the day, before the end of this chat as well, to make sure you follow up because that was a three and a half hour uh, call we did with a lot of local real estate uh, experts. So cool. Let's dive into this particular topic. Ian, let's kind of go through some of the stuff you're, you guys are doing right now. Just some immediate action items um, inside your guys' business uh, based on kind of just what's going on right now. Hey, well, yeah. <clears throat> so um, like Jason said, you know, obviously we're in we're in the rental property business. I was over here. I wasn't looking away. I'm trying to share this thing, but I'm not super tech savvy. Um, but some of the things we just finished up our weekly construction meeting. And um, I guess last week, Dan went through and, you know, looked at luckily for our portfolio, we have a lot of subsidized tenants. Um, so we luck out with that where a majority of our rent comes through, um, you know, from the government. Now, past that you know there is still we still have we incur operate you know we're still excuse me we're still subject to this no evictions for 90 days um or 60 days whatever it is here in maryland um you know turnovers and other things so with that being said we've had a few brief discussions you know potentially of having to waive late fees um is that something that we're going to have to do here coming up this month um you know are we going to have to work through people paying their portions or paying their rent um, at a later date, we don't know yet. Um, something else that we've recently enacted that's going to pay off, I think, really well during this time. Um, and I think a lot of people should consider, rather than going through having a vacancy, if you have a good tenant that's moving uh, for whatever reason, um, whether they want a new unit, you know, they're going to a different area or they're just moving to move, now is a great time to potentially consider um, reducing their rent um, for a half month or two months, you know, potentially by 50% to reduce the turnover costs. It's not costing you any cash. Um, you're still getting the majority of your rent. You're still covering your costs. Um, but it's a great way to reduce vacancy and it's a great way to reduce the turnover cost and having to place a new tenant. Other than that, <clears throat> I think coming up here, you know, based on what we're seeing, I know Governor Larry Hogan just came out with um, his latest and greatest stay in your house uh, and keeping non-essential businesses, whatever that might be considered, closed. Um, you know, the question is with no evictions, how far are we pushing down um, our issue of, you know, having to evict tenants or the ability to evict tenants? Um, and how long are us as property owners going to have to incur this cost? Um, it's a question that, you know, I don't want to say I'm necessarily worried about, but what is it? What does that do to the market overall? I mean, especially for you as a lender, you know, is there going to be a flood in this market of inventory when all that comes available? Is there going to be a shortage of tenants? Um, these are a lot of things that we need to consider down the line. Sure. Uh, so you said your subsidized programs are still moving along? Yep, everything's still moving along. Uh, we discussed it the other day. Sorry, I was trying to share this post one second. Um, the other day uh, on our live virtual chat that Ben Carson came out and said that 
payments are still being issued to the public housing authorities or the PHAs um, and other providers of the program. However, there may be um, some changes that are happening at the local level with your public housing authority, such as in Baltimore City. Right now, you can't submit vouchers or move tenants or tenants can't move. Um, during this situation, they've also modified how they're uh, doing um, how they're doing inspections. So um, there's definitely been changes at the local level. However, the payments, as far as we know, and maybe we get back on Wednesday and have a totally different conversation with you. But at this point, from what I can tell um, and what's been discussed and what the public housing authorities are telling us, that our payments should still be coming to us. Got it. Okay, so that's good. What's your thoughts on kind of proactively, you know, obviously, you know, I guess the difference between earlier this week and today, at least locally, is now they're actually going to enforce um, making sure people are staying at home and only essential businesses and stuff like that being able to, to work. I'm guessing that means that in general, and this is more on the, the, the sale, not necessarily uh, tenant uh, rentals, but I guess in general, let's say you have a property on the market active, and we can kind of get into some details on that because we've got some insight from talking to a lot of, uh, a lot of other investors and agents. But I'm guessing you probably can't show a house right now. Yeah, you know, that's a great question if you can show a house right now or not. Um, you know, if this is going to follow the guideline that Pennsylvania did a few weeks ago, that there's a potential that those things get shut down. Um, we don't sell many houses. We're not in that market. We're currently going through trying to sell a uh, commercial warehouse property that closing is supposed to take place tomorrow. As far as we can tell, title companies are still considered essential employees because I guess they're in the, they fall into the financial institution. Um, so I believe transactions are still taking place. Now, the D yes, the deeper question, uh, actually our one buddy, Terry, I think he was alluding to it the other day that he just put a house on the market and I guess Saturday he had a bunch of showings over the whole weekend. Um, yeah, it's a great question. I was, I'd be interested to see what happens tomorrow. Um, you know, log in tonight on MLS at 8 p.m. and see if you can schedule showings anywhere. Um, I do know, I just was speaking to a friend of mine from uh, – Philadelphia, her husband's a broker, both in Philadelphia and New Jersey, that you can't even put new listings up in the system in New Jersey. Um, so that's another question, you know, are realtors considered non-essential, but then hard money bankers or, um, you know, financial institutions, landlords, like we're all considered essential employees. You kind of got like a, you got a little, um, half the industry is working, half the industry is not. So yeah, yeah, but I Thing. Again, most of this industry in general can be remote. Um, it's just a habit of actually physically putting your eyes on that property. I mean, if you're selling a property, it doesn't matter as long as right. everything's kind of already been in place. I mean, I'll give you an example. We have a house um, that's on the market right now, and they did their inspection over the weekend. So, again, I'm not 100% sure what the next steps would be. Uh, isn't Is construction still essential at this point? I think, it was, I think it was okay before. Right? Yeah, here, here in Maryland, it still seems to be essential. Now, I know Philadelphia and some other places are going through a different thing. Um, it's funny that you bring up that you did your inspection. Um, the lady that I was speaking to, our friend Victoria, she was telling me that they can't even get uh, certified copies of tax returns for them to process um, mortgage loans. Um, you know, and that's a that's a vital requirement. You know, the question is, what sure. underwriting look at like? Ugh, what does underwriting look like going forward um, for people for those that sell? Yeah. Well, uh, and a few things. What Caitlin Matthew told us 
um, when she contributed to that, the big event that we did last Wednesday was the way they're doing it is they just have like automatic extensions that get put into the contract um, and just, you know, allow them to buy time until everything passes and they can get back to business. My rebut to that is, let's be honest, if the longer this thing's outstanding for, if you're a seller of the property, chances are that's not in your favor because the market could depreciate by then and someone's going to want a, a better deal on purchasing purchasing the property. But, you know, the interesting thing is, is at least on the investment community, everyone's still very positive and optimistic. It seems like just, you know, I can, I usually have a good pulse on this based on the deals that I look at, the, the lead flow and the deal flow that we get from real estate investors. I've got opportunities for fix and flips. We got opportunities for buy and holds. We got opportunities for someone who has a property free and clear and they want cash out to buy another property to do other things uh, things for in their rental properties. And that doesn't seem like that's slowing down. I think in general, everyone wants to kind of keep the ball ball rolling. Um, I guess that as optimistic as we all are and as we continue to do this, you know, as industry shut down, as um, non-essential businesses and, and other people shut down, and if it, if it slows, you know, slowing down the process is one thing, but putting the, the real estate process is one thing, but putting everything on a halt is obviously a much bigger issue because then the real estate transactions, honestly, are probably just going to start, they could potentially fall apart um, if you can't get it to the table anyways, right? If you can't get it to the, to the table, uh, obviously, you know, if a buyer and seller are agreed upon price, they're going to want to stick to that if possible. But as something if something drastically changes, they're going to renege on those, um, you know, those, those contracts. So I guess we'll see what, I guess we'll see what happens with that. Um, I mean, we've been doing real estate settlements, closings on loans for the most part every day. Um, and I do believe that the majority of the purchase transactions we're doing for investors are very, very strong deals. Um, for them, not just us as a lender, but also the investor who's purchasing that property uh, to flip it or buy it a, as a whole. And it seems like that want you know they want to continue to 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 move forward with that. And I think if you're an investor in general, I you know I think a lot of the stuff you can accomplish, especially if you can get a con, you know a contractor to to review numbers or to go out there, and you can get construction moving forward. If if construction cannot move forward and everything's on a halt with that, obviously. That's a little bit of a downfall. I mean, one of the things that we talked about, because we did our Monday morning call that lasted about 45 minutes with our team. And keep in mind, you know, locally I'm running DC, Maryland, Virginia, but I've, you know, we have an office in Pennsylvania that we do Philadelphia, Central Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and North Jersey. And obviously North Jersey has been affected pretty hard. And we're looking at a deal right now that we're underwriting. And the deal in general is a very, very strong deal. The borrower uh, or the client, I, I would say, has a piece of property that he purchased and fully renovated. It's on the market for nine hundred grand, and then he has another property, a multi-unit that he wants to that he wants to um, uh, purchase for seven hundred grand. And he and he's has a few hundred grand cash. He wants to collateralize both of them, and he just needs you know a few hundred grand. And we're going to do that deal because it's a strong deal, uh, and it it's a win-win. It works for him as well. But the but the one thing that we talked about is like what happens is in North Jersey, it's I'm the epicenter to a lot of this stuff going on right now, similar to New York. Um, you know, and if, what's he going to do with it right now? Like, what's the purpose of buying it right now? And I guess one of the answers is, is like he wants to lock it down because he has a good opportunity and he just wants to move on uh, in in place. Um, but at the same time, it's like he can't do any construction. I don't know if he can get it even. 
you know, one already had, is already leased out, so it's cash flow, but I don't even know if he could sell the property currently that's right. on the market. So, but again, in our mind, in his mind, it's like, it's a win-win situation. We're willing to play the waiting game. It's not going to last forever, knowing that we have a good opportunity and it's still going to be an opportunity, even if stuff, you know, well, uh, issues down the road. And the thing is, you know, you're saying about investors and, you know, I understand that, you know, obviously you're opportunistic, that investor that you're dealing with is opportunistic and we're, we're all looking for opportunities and it's a, you know, it's a business transaction. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think there's so much like, you know, and I, there's so much on like when the market dips, you need to buy when the market dips, you need to buy over and over and over again, because that's when everyone makes their money. Right. Like, and you know, me and you have in-depth discussions about these things. Um, and I think Chris brought up a really good point the other day that, um, you know, this is not a financial crisis. The, the cause of this crisis is not financial right now. Is there a possibility down the road that there's a financial crisis on our hands? Absolutely. I'm not an economist. I don't I don't know. But from what we can tell, the way people are leveraged up, I think I just heard a stat this morning saying that 30% of America couldn't afford a $400 bill, uh, you know, an unexpected $400 bill. You know, that's some scary stuff. So to go back to you saying that, you know, you know, what, what do investors see and why are they so hungry? It's because they believe there's going to be a dip in the market. I think some people are jumping the gun. I still think there's a ton of opportunity out there. I think now's a great time to really get your stuff together, get out there, understand your business plan, um, and, and take action because other people's are, other people are afraid. It's not necessarily because there's a dip in the market, but then other people are afraid to get money off the table. Um, so I think it's a little bit different of an opportunity because um, in 2012, let's just say 2012, like when we got involved, I could buy a house and me and Dan could buy a house and literally screw up what we paid for it. But the market was on such an uptrend because it was so crazy then because the financial crisis was so bad and money was coming back into the economy that you could screw up by 20% go over by 20% and that house was still worth something at the end and you could still make money or at least break even. Um, it was a good time so, to start for a beginner. <laughs> yeah. That 2012 was 2008. Well, whatever, 2010 and on was a great time for new people right now. It's a little hard because we're in that, we're in that V I guess people talk about or W in the stock market is everything's bouncing around. We don't know what the end is. We don't, we got in that red cup there. Are you drinking whiskey without me? You know, I only drink water. Oh, all right. Um, but anyway, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen out of this. We just we're watching everything bounce around, and there's no stability. And that I think that's a scary thing. And I think it's hard for people to jump in right now. And I think a, a common recurring topic the other day is take the time now, study what you want to do, watch what's going on, and then take action. Just don't jump at the first thing. You know, everyone's like, oh, the stock market, this right. stock market, that. We don't know enough about stocks to just go buy them. The thing's so volatile. We don't know what we're buying now or later, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that, and I think it's hard right now. But at the same time, I think a lot of people are – maybe optimistic's not the right word, although everyone is optimistic. But it's interesting because what happens is you see a property that, like, a few months ago was at 200, traded or sold for 200, and now all of a sudden you get it at 180. Someone's like, this is a great deal. I got $20,000 built in equity, and maybe it, maybe it is. But – you know, if you ask me the question of like some immediate actions that we're taking inside of our, our business, and I think this is to protect ourselves, but also to protect real estate investors that obviously use our capital to, to fix properties or to, to buy rentals, 
is, you know, we're lowering our, our exposure on these deals. Uh, we want the investor to have more cash into the deal. We're lowering our LTVs. And I think it's a win-win. It doesn't do anyone <laughs> justice to give somebody 100% financing on a bogus number that's not going to work. It's bad for the lender and it's bad for the investor. You know, I hate to say it, but a lot of investors and this real estate investors, and this isn't really the right MO at all. Like this is not what you should do. But you know, I, I, you'd be surprised. Every, every, a lot of people we talk to will say, okay, well, I'll borrow as much as you're willing to give me. You know, it's very rare that someone will say, you know, everyone wants full leverage, full leverage. It's very rare that says, Hey, I want to make sure I have good equity position, not only real equity, but also cash um, equity that we put in you know, that you have as well in case you got to unload a property, a property quickly. So as of right, as of right now, and our terms are the same, like we, you know, I'm, our, our terms are always the same. So it has nothing to do with that, but it has to do with, you know, I, like we did a, a loan the other day and we lent $150,000 and the client brought uh, 55 or $60,000 cash to close. And that might sound like a lot, but guess what? It was a win-win for both. They wanted to put additional money into the deal, so they always had enough equity in it. They didn't want to lend, they didn't want to borrow more than they really needed, anyways, because then they'd have to pay, pay higher costs on money, on money of that. And on our end, it made sense because we were willing to to do the deal, um, you know, in, in general. So, you know, right now, I think if you're looking to get capital on some of these deals, you know, you're you're a borrower in general, a real estate investor in general. Is going to have to put down more cash. They're going to have to have more skin in the deal, and it's going to have to be a good deal. I don't think you're going to be able to get a deal from a from a lender that the numbers just don't work at the end of the day. And you know, to be honest, like you should probably thank that lender at the end of the day and say, "Hey, thank you for saving saving me on this," because <clears throat> you know, because you know, they you don't want to be in a you don't want to put yourself in a put yourself in a bind. So those are some immediate actions that we're doing and. You know, it's it's the the way I'm following the data and the lead flow is interesting because right off the bat, when I talk to somebody, I explain to them that they're probably going to need a good amount of money into the deal, and they're all comfortable with it. Like they like it's expected. Like like they know. Like they know. Like hey, not only am I not expecting to get 100% financing, but like I don't even want 100% financing anymore. Um, I don't think it makes sense. And I, the, I think like a lot of the investors that we work with in the past, they're not doing as much volume as they're doing. They're just cherry picking the best deals. And you know, we've talked about this all the time. I'd much rather do one deal instead of two and make the same amount of money uh, on a deal. Um, so there's no point to flip a house right now to try to make, you know, $20,000 or 10% profit margin. Like what's the point? That'll get disappear overnight if something happens. The goal is, is to cherry pick the best deals. The real estate investors and the flippers are going to cherry pick the best deals that have the most margin. The lenders are going to fund the best deals that they're working on. And the real estate investor or the, the rental property owners like yourself are only going to get involved with good deals. I mean, as a rental property owner, you're dealing with a consumer that um, depending on what price point or what uh, property class you're working on, you know, might have real financial hardships uh, on, on some of these. And typically, you know, you know, we know the difference between the properties you know that cash flow the most, and the cat and, and the properties that don't cash flow the most, and based on who maybe the actual the, the average tenant is on one, on one of those. So in general, in real estate investing, the median housing prices typically are the most stable, right? They're the most stable because 
you know, the, um, you know, B class properties typically are the most stable because that's where the majority of, you know, households can afford those. Those don't have the biggest variance in numbers. So, hey. yep. sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I think we have breaking news trying to get my buddy Jack Resnick on Yakov Resnick right now. Uh, I sent him the link. Is that the right link? He's going to jump on and discuss tenant placement during these times. I don't mean to cut you off. He said yep. he has like five minutes. I just shot him yep. the link. All he has to do is jump on there and he should be able to join us, right? Yep. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off. I know you were going and people probably think yeah, I'm right. away, but I'm trying to get him in because uh, I think it's really interesting, you know, and like everything you're saying about lending, you know, you got to, you got exposure, right? If I don't, if I borrow money from Jason, um, and I can't find a tenant, forget it. We're done. Right. Like it's, uh, yeah. there's, there's no way to get him out of that deal. So, um, hopefully yeah, this link, but also like, you know, I know a lot of people hear about, Hey, it's smart to put your own cash in these deals. A lot of people are like, well, I don't really have the cash to put in the deal. So I need higher leverage. Well, you know what? This might not be the best time for you to buy to be quite honest and transparent with you. I mean, this is, these are the times that, you know, the, Someone who's well capitalized, someone who has resources, someone that has a lot of drive and uh, is willing to take risk. These are the times that a lot of them, a lot of those types of clients, uh, can succeed. And you know, ba based on where the opportunities are. And and guess what? It doesn't mean that you know you don't have a ton of capital that you can't invest right now. That being said, you might need to partner with somebody or try to find an alternative way to kind of make a deal work if it's if it's that strong. Right. Well, and I think long term, there's a lot of adjustments that are going to come out of this. You know, uh, we were talking to Scott Frydtag about it the other day about debt service coverage ratio. Are the banks going to compress it? They're going to extend it. They're going to change LTVs. But I think as a business operator, um, as a rental portfolio operator, or even a flipper, anybody that's involved in real estate or any business for that matter, it's a liquidity issue, right? Like I think a lot of people need to look in the future. We've we've had many talks. I know me and Jason have many, had many talks just on a personal level discussing what's the right amount of money to have on cash on hand just for for us personally. But then my business partner, Dan, and I, we, we discuss it all the time. What's the right liquidity requirements for our portfolio, for the amount of exposure that we have? How, many, how much money should we keep on hand? How many months of operating expenses should we keep on hand? Um, and I think you're going to see a big change in that, not only in, re in the real estate world, but I think you're going to see requirements from the banks coming out of this. Um, but how many restaurants are just a, you know, a day away from going out of business? You know, yeah. you want to exactly. exactly. And, you know, I'll, I'll use a quote that Jay Scott, uh, uses all the time. And I, and I love it. Um, when he talks on his podcast and other stuff, he always talks about the barrier to entry, the barrier to entry in real estate investing is very little compared to a lot of other business ventures. You don't need that much cash. You don't need much ex experience. You know, you're able to, to get deal, deal flow and leads. Uh, very easily and and clients compared to other places. And I agree with that. The barrier to entry in real estate investing it yeah. is slash was, maybe still is. Um, um, you know, sorry, uh, is slash was uh, easy. And, you know, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if, if you made it harder in, in general. So I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens. But like you can see it firsthand based on what banks or uh, other hard money lenders did. So like I got a memo from Lima One Capital. Um, I, I saw from somebody that late last week 
they were only lending at 65% with no construction. So you had to put down, uh, based on uh, you know cost or purchase price, so you had to put down 35%, they put up the other 65%. Makes sense. Um, and then they, I think they suspended everything since then. I don't know that for a fact because I've never worked with them, but that's just, you know, you know what, what I heard. But like, think about what, what, how lending works back in the day, or think about how lending works in other countries, right? And forget terms it, or rates, I, I would say. Like typically you need a good amount of money. And in my mind, um, and you know, I've been very transparent with some of our clients related to that is, hey, if we do a $100,000 loan, you might need $40,000 currently into the deal. Maybe you know, before it was less than that, but let's just say you need 40,000 and guess what? We're doing $100,000. We're charging a few points and some interest rate. So by the time you pay this off on a flip, you know, our company probably generates six or $7,000 on $100,000 that we lend to you. And then you as a investor, you're putting up forty thousand, let's just say, and yes, you're doing all the heavy lifting and you're very active, but you know it's your project, right? Um, it's it's your baby. You you know you're putting in all the heavy lift heavy lifting and you're reaping a lot of rewards if you know if it's successful. If it's not successful, obviously you know you have risk related to it. But maybe that's the way that banking in general will change, especially in this space. Who knows? <clears throat> yeah, well, and you know they're. Their hand was forced pretty hard from uh, from the big boys uh, above them, from the Fed, on what the requirements are. Um, sure. Max says it's loading right now. He said, "Hold on one second. He's jumping on." Um, okay. uh, sorry, I don't, we don't mean to be all over the place. It was a last second thing. Saw that he was online, um, and I think it'll be really helpful to a lot of people. But yeah, the banks, um, you know, they're a lot more heavily regulated by the Fed, even though, granted, they said there's no liquidity requirements anymore for the banks. They're giving them money at 0% interest, all that other good stuff. So it'll be interesting what uh, what happens over that um, period of time because that affects, you know, what type of investors are buying. You know, Donald Trump keeps saying small businesses. Well, small businesses are also the small rental property owners. I know there for a while it was a big issue that Invitation Homes and the big boys were coming in um and they had financing options to come in and buy thousands of houses at a time and pushing the little guys out circumventing rental uh, uh realtors and everything and it caused a big riff at the top and it caused them to change some of the lending programs that were available uh to guys of our size so you know hopefully there is help i know something me and jason were just recently discussing prior to jumping on here um is the state of maryland has some grant programs available and small business programs available the sba's come out um yep with some programs that, you know, are going to be real interesting. If you can take advantage of them, I think they're talking about uh, a low interest rate with a 10 year amortization, no personal guarantees, um, no credit requirements, which is, I mean, that's huge. The SBA is usually pretty, pretty strict about those types of things. They usually want your born children. So um, let me, let me answer this question real quick. All right. I'm going to call Jack and see if he's in. Um, what if I come across a situation that you, that they need to sell quick? How can you help them buy it with hard money? So I'm guessing, let's just assume your question is that you find you're finding a deal from somebody from a seller, a seller that potentially needs to sell very, very quickly. Yeah. You would go to ourselves, a hard money lender, or, you know, another funding source and, uh, we can supply, you know, a good bit of the capital for you to purchase the property. And then as you fix it up, and flip it, you uh, fix it up and sell it, you know, we would get repaid. Obviously, we talked about in this broadcast that some of this stuff takes a little bit longer. Um, 
time is related to construction still allowed to operate it right now it seems like they are but if they shut that down obviously you might run into right into troubles i guess my only advice would be that just make sure you try to buy it at the right number you know something that even if the market shifts a little bit lower that you're still safe all right sounds good yep all right he was about to hop back on yeah jackson he's, he's having some technical difficulties um he said give him another minute if not he said, let's set something up tomorrow and do a discussion tomorrow if you want to do that. Um, That's fine. We'll wait, we'll wait a few more minutes and see uh, how long we've been on here, 30 minutes. Anyone else has got any questions, feel free to drop them in there. We'll answer them. I only I only got a few minutes, too. Um, yeah, let, yeah, let's give Jack a minute, and if he can't hop on, then we'll we'll do another one tomorrow. Um, I see. Uh, we'll reconvene. We'll re yeah, so, I mean, I guess you, you, you've heard kind of what our immediate actions are. And, again, in our model and in our – in real estate investing in general, what we've done over the last 13 years, like we've kind of had a motto. Every good deal gets funded. That's just what it is. We've been, um, you know, well capitalized. You know, we're very active. We're, we're always out there um, proactively. And, you know, we're optimistic about, about things. And in my mind, it, even if the market shifts 10, 20, 30, 40% in one way or the next, you know, we still operate the way that we would. I mean, every deal that you buy, every loan that we lend on, every rental property that you're involved in, it's an individual asset. That's the beauty of it, right? Each one acts as their own. It's an individual asset. So today we might lend $100,000 on a project. And guess what? Tomorrow may come around and you know we lend $110,000 or maybe we only lend $90,000. I mean, I had, real, I had loans that we quoted 30 days ago for real estate investors, right? 30 days ago. And we quoted what we were comfortable with. They never committed with us because they felt they could get cheaper terms and um, more capital from somebody else. Well, guess what? Some of those lenders went away and they're not lending anymore. So they've reached back out. They're like, hey, I'll take you up on this deal. And it's like, I got to look at this deal again. If I had committed to you and we were in processing, we would have kept our words and we would have lent based on what we did. But we had never proceeded because um, they didn't want to commit. They were looking for other terms. So we had to reanalyze the deal. So. Today we might lend 100, tomorrow we might lend 90, the next day we might lend 80, the day after that we might lend 110. It just really depends. So every asset we look, um, you, know, you know, we look at differently. So, you know, yeah. we'll, see, we'll, see where that, we'll see where that works. Yeah, I don't know why he can't. He, is he doing this from his phone? I think he's trying from an iPad is the issue. So I said we'll set something up tomorrow. We could do it through Zoom tomorrow for him um, or Wednesday. We'll set something up. We'll get Jack on here because I think it's really important for people to understand, A, what changes for safety reasons if you are concerned about the COVID-19, um, about how to show your properties potentially virtually, as well as what he's seeing um, in the marketplace of tenants willing to move right now. Um, so I think it would be a really good interview um, if we could get Jack on. So we'll set something up for tomorrow or Wednesday. We apologize. It was a last second thing. Uh, we were trying to bring the yeah. best. Yeah. If you have any questions that you want us to go over, just shoot me an email, jason at hardmoneybankers.com. Jason, J-A-S-O-N at hardmoneybankers.com. I see um, uh, Ethan Oliver Troy said, could an owner-occupied rental qualify for these SBA changes? There's potential. They laid out some paperwork when you go on the SBA um, website. I don't have a good link for it yet because you need to go through a financial institution that issues SBA loans. But there is something for sole proprietors and personal property um, that's related to you from the SBA. I'm not exactly sure how to navigate it, 
Um, but I would contact uh, a financial institution or your local financial institution that issues the SBA loans and talk to their SBA program person. Anything else pop up on there? The thing I'm looking at this yeah, not working. Jay, are you making any adjustments to your current clients, clients with loans to help deferring interest payments, lowering draw fees, et cetera? Um, is there anything that you're going to do like short term to be like, hey, man, I need to pump the brakes? Uh, you know, like we're, we're potentially waiving or, you know, reducing late fees. Are you going to be doing something like that? Not at this point, but, you know, we're going to see where the, we're going to see where that goes. Um, so you're so so you're saying related to construction draws? Uh, Pete. Pete Belden was asking. He just say he was just saying, i.e., like ideas. Are you deferring interest payments, or you we're not? I mean, most, most of most of the loans that we do are are fix and flipping. Um, to begin with, those investors want out of these deals as quick as possible. Uh, anyways, they're doing whatever whatever it takes. And listen, if there's one-off situations. We're going to deal with them. I mean, our loan portfolio and the way that our business model is set up is like we we only usually have 220 240 loans in our books at any given time so like we know every single one of them that might sound like it's a lot of deals but it's not you know between myself or terry or chris or you know in our office with ian and, and ryan we like we have personal relationships with almost with almost everybody so if someone needs you know a one-off situation and obviously it makes sense then i'm you know we're we're, we're open to it but because you know if we if we had thousands of loans and you know, everyone was just a number and a number. <laughs> we might have to think differently, but you know, we've been prepared for this for a long time. So and you, you as a small lender, you're already, you already like you're just saying you're very personal. You know, like there's been times where we've been running up against an extension. And it's like, yo, Jay, like, hey, what's going on? And yeah, when it's business, you know, we both put on our business suits yeah, and say, hey, and let's see what makes sense. Jay is the lender type that it's you can go to somebody like that versus going to the big boys like a uh, uh, peer, whatever, Lima one or somebody like that, you're not going to get those types of breaks. So I think you're at an advantage, you know, you're somewhere between the Titanic and a, a jet ski that you can still maneuver things, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, listen, if someone, if someone can't sell a property right now and wants an extension, we're going to give them a free extension. That's no problem. Like that's no yeah. brainer. If someone says, Hey, uh, I don't feel like making my mortgage payment because you're a douche. Like, and like they say that <laughs> it's like, well, you know, then we'll go in another direction. I mean, if someone's yeah. cool about it, absolutely, be happy to. I mean, we're all, you know, we're all getting squeezed in different in different places, and I'm always a, always about a win win. And typically, in general, you know, the deals that end up being bad defaults on our end or to begin with are because no, you know, someone won't communicate. Like we've never really defaulted anyone who who didn't disappear. If someone disappears, if someone stops making their payment and I can't get in touch with them to figure out what we're going to do, yes, they're going to, you know, get defaulted. Um, but, you know, if someone says, hey, um, you know, can you do some sort of workout with me? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, you know, it's the same thing with us. You know, bad tenants are usually because we pick, you know, bad tenants not because, exactly. that. you know, it's just the, the, the actor was bad, right? Um, one other question, exactly. and, and then I got—I I personally have to roll. You're more than welcome to stay on. It is your podcast. I Unfortunately, I got to know. Jonathan Atkinson said, "Sorry, I jumped on late, but do you see a big market value decrease in the next few months, causing people to lose on investments?" Me personally, if you go back to the beginning, I discussed that. Um, 
it's not a financial crisis that caused this. So the question is, what's going to happen? And, uh, you know, the other day we discussed it as well, is that 18 months from now or 12 months from now is when you're going to start to see bigger type fallout. Um, Jason, I don't think you really commented on this. What kind of what's your view on it? And then I guess we'll both get out of here. Yeah, I'm still uncertain about it. I I don't I don't know. I mean, I I would guess this is kind of what, what I see. The other thing is this: we're in a very interesting geographic location to the rest of the country, and it depends if the entire country as a whole kind of goes down or up, or like D, the DMV is a little bit insulated with. With, with government. I know that DC and the DC area and the Baltimore area are different kind of um, comparatively speaking, but it seems, and, and the word insulated may not be the right, the right world because obviously, you know, in 06 or whatever, no eight DC got hit really hard and they came back significantly, significantly stronger, very, very quickly. Um, if I had to guess, I would think just based on consumer confidence and, um, just slow, slower in general, things are going to start kind of just pushing a little bit. Um, but that being said, there's not even many people that list their property for sale right now either. Right. So it's not like all of a sudden, like everyone needs to sell, everyone needs to sell. I can't, you know, and also like, you don't have to, you know, a lot of homeowners, they might not even have to make mortgage payments right now. And because right. of that, if you don't make your mortgage payment, you're not necessarily in default and you're not going into foreclosure and the banks can't even foreclose even if they want to right now. So right. there's still that unknown. This is my guess. My guess is that in general, things are going to tick down a little bit. Things are going to tick down a little bit. And then I actually think there's going to be some sort of like spike. Um, I think in a lot of businesses, there's going to be a spike soon as all this is over. Like I think tourism, people are going to want to travel again. Um, but I don't know. I, I think, you know, like if the last house that was in our subdivision for, for instance, you know, they typically houses sell pretty quickly, right? You know, it sold quickly. Um, and there's that, and there's not really any other ones on. But like my guess is that there won't be any more on, you know, in the near future. And then all of a sudden, like one's gonna hop on. And then the best the, the thing is, is if this all happens and or everything's back to normal by midsummer, and then people are trying to get their, you know, a lot of people probably wanted to move in the spring for kids to get ready for school in the fall. So maybe that gets pushed up and it's like a mini boom in the summer. But then again, like I don't know what the long-term effects are either. Uh, when does this stop? Um, because the market can't continue to go up. Like the, you know, there, there's a few different ver there's a few different like tests that you can do, like how much it costs to rent based on how much it costs to own a property in that exact same neighborhood. And a lot of those are like disproportionate, right? So for instance, like there's some areas that you can rent for a thousand bucks a month, but the house is worth like you know a few hundred thousand dollars. Like someone's going to rent over buy. So I don't know. I, I really, I, I don't know. I would guess like what we're doing, like we talked about for the most part of this whole show is if we buy a property for, for sale, you know, to, to flip or to rent, or if we lend on a property, each one, it's just going to be individual. We want to make sure it makes the most sense. And whatever our game plan is, we're going to try to execute as fast as possible and see what happens. I, I don't, I don't know. I would guess there is not going to be a huge spike. I mean, and I also would say people might not agree with me that I think that the median housing price in most areas in the DMV in general, median housing prices in a lot of subdivisions might be high, but not all that high. I mean, right. I just base that on where we're lending on. 
I mean, keep in mind, our average loan that we do is one hundred and sixty-five or one hundred seventy thousand dollars, meaning that the value of the property rehab is two sixty, two seventy, three hundred. Those are median housing price areas. Like, I'm not necessarily talking about higher end stuff or lower end stuff. I'm talking about median housing prices. I think in general, yes, some of that stuff's gonna gonna change, but I don't know how drastic. I mean, that's just kind of a guess. I just, I just well, don't know. If we knew. I, dude, I, I, I don't want to say anything. If we knew, you know, we wouldn't. Uh, we'd be at the beach right now in our mansion, right? Um, I, I think there's going to be a dip. When that dip is, is based on how much of this stuff that they defer down the line, um, and that's kind of the scary part. The biggest, the biggest yeah. thing is we don't know when the economy is getting turned back on. We're all in shutdown mode. Um, Morgan just extended our area to the thirtieth. Donald Trump to the thirtieth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and there's some a lot of underlying and here's the and here's the other thing if, if there's major bank or financial issues which doesn't seem like there is at all that's a disaster you know right. stuff could be cut in half but that being said i think if there's some sort of like market correction or or change i think all of this gets passes right you come summer the stock market is kind of back on track and then potentially maybe interest rates mortgage interest rates rise a little bit um, yeah. and then by, and then by doing that, it just softens, it softens things, but who's to know, who, who knows? I mean, I'll tell you that we are, we're still aggressively looking out on opportunities and every opportunity that we think makes sense. Obviously we're spending more time than normal underwriting and not just to, not just to lend on, to buy as well. Um, and you know, think that we make the best decision and well, I think we, uh, we'll see where it goes. I think we should be. Uh, this is a conversation that's not going to get resolved in uh, in five minutes. I don't think we dedicated enough time to it. I think we should do a follow up call again tomorrow because there's so much stuff going on. Let's see if we can get uh, Jack Resnick on here, discuss what they're doing for tenant placement stuff, um, and uh, continue this discussion tomorrow because it's an ever changing event. I think that's a common theme you see not only from not that I'm a big mainstream media guy, but it's everywhere you look. Anybody that follows what's going on, it's an ever-changing event, um, and now's the time that you need to be a little nimble. So if you got availability tomorrow, I think 100% we should jump back on here. and, and yeah, As things change, I like to keep everybody up to date. I mean, I agree. And again, these are our opinions. That's it. You know, Do your own due diligence. Do it the way that you're doing. But we're happy to at least share kind of how we're operating inside of our business. And you know, we want to be smart. Um, uh, we want to be. We want to be smart. We want to make sure, you know, every deal that we look at is is uh, you know treated treated obviously the right way. But we're optimistic. I know you're optimistic on buying you know buying and selling stuff and um, you know proactive. And listen, at the very least, this is the time to be going all in with your business, even if you don't buy anything, <laughs> right? right? Like at least you know create get your campaigns created. You know, get your phone ringing. Get in front of uh, buyers, sellers, lenders, and you know when the right opportunity comes, it comes. You know, I told the story the other day with uh, you know another private lender who I know who lends out money by himself, and he asked me my advice, and he was like, "Well," and he asked, he said, "Hey, are you guys still lending?" I was like, "Yeah, you know, every good opportunity that we can get, we might not have as many good opportunities as we had, but every good opportunity we can get, we're doing." And yeah, you know, we're requiring the the clients and the and the borrowers to have. You know, a good amount of skin in the game. Plus, it's got to be a really strong deal. It's like, yeah, I think I'm going to sideline things. And I was like, well, let's say someone came to you and they're buying a property for 400 grand and they only wanted 100. Would you do it? It was like, yeah, absolutely. Why not? It was like, well, then you're not sidelined. 
um, you know, those opportunities, you know, are, are out there. You know, you're going to have a deal that you would have bought, you would have paid 200 grand for that you might be able to get for 150 today. Loans that we're doing every day are real estate investors that have been coming to us and saying, hey, listen, I don't have any funding sources. I have this deal. I need like 100 grand from you. Um, I'll put up like 70 or 80. We fund it. Yeah, absolutely. So each deal kind of, you know, we look at individually and if it makes sense, we do it. And if it doesn't, it, it doesn't. And I, I would guess that any single, any other real estate professional uh, or investor who uses their own capital in, in, in these deals, either if they're buying, uh, they're holding or lending, whatever the case are, they have a very similar mind, you know, it's a similar set, you know, they're going to look for all the good opportunities that are out there. And if it's a good opportunity and it meets their mold and yes, their mold might've changed, right. They might've changed uh, their wheelhouse of, of, of what they want. We already told you what our wheelhouse, you know, we've already gone through what our, our wheelhouse is. Um, if it meets that, they're going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, not much more I can say on that because, you know, it's all about buying right. And it's not even in bad times like these or crazy times like these. You should be doing that anyway throughout your business at all times. You never should say, oh, I can make this one work. Right. So um, like I said before, we're going to try to hop on here again tomorrow. You know, again, it's a very uh, crazy time we're living in. But I think there's so much stuff that we can discuss that it'd be worth it for us to jump back on with Jack tomorrow and um, probably around the same time tomorrow. Okay. Bye, guys. If you need anything, reach out. I try to put my email in this feed, but it's not working. Just go to jason at hardmoneybankers.com. If you have any questions, we'll hop on tomorrow or the next day. As things change, we'll keep everybody up to date. Thanks, guys. See you, guys.